0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast listening more specifically to a a monologue that I'm gonna give here extemporaneously in my living room late on monday morning and the reason i'm doing it is because i'm going to be here for the rest of the day and the reason i'm going to be here for the rest of the day is because i just called out of work called out of work because i'm not feeling well and the reason i'm not feeling well is because i didn't get much sleep and you know why i didn't get much sleep neither do i and whenever i don't get much sleep like if it's less than four hours of sleep the way my body responds is like horrible stomach aches so i was feeling bad and i was about to call my job at a grocery store to be like, hey, not feeling well, I'm not gonna come in today. But for some reason, like, that's always so paralyzing. I always feel horrible guilt at the prospect of calling my employer and saying like, hey, I know I'm supposed to be there today, but I won't be. In my private life, I'm like very raw, raw about labor and about workers' rights. Anytime someone who works especially in like hospitality or retail tells me that they're not feeling well, they gotta go into work, I immediately start like pulling shit up online about like here's what your employer can and cannot do to you and here's who you call if they even try that shit. I am always on the side of labor and the side of the worker, the individual worker. The only time I am not is when the worker is me. There's something in my chest that is just convinced like my not feeling good is not legitimate grounds for staying home. It's not legitimate grounds for refusing to go somewhere and feel worse. And I think this was largely instilled by working at, for like five or seven very formative years in hospitality, in food service, especially every restaurant i've ever worked at has been like really hardcore in ladling on the guilt whenever you call out one time when i was like 23 i uh, it was the friday before mother's day and my family had just told me of like the plans they had cemented for mother's day and so i called the restaurant to tell them that i wouldn't be there on sunday this is when i was 22 or 23 and i was working at the cheesecake f- <sm statute> f- at the um at at The Frosted Flakes Pagoda. Certainly not a major chain restaurant that makes you sign something when they hire you saying you'll never ever speak about them on social media. I was working there. I called on a Friday to say I wouldn't be there on Sunday. Spoke to a hostess, explained the situation. She was like, okay, wait, hold on. Let me... Uh, You gotta talk to Greg. Greg was our manager. Greg was very, very sweet, but he could pull his sweetness down like a fucking mask. Anyways... They fucking put me on hold, transfer me to the manager's office. Greg picks up the phone and I can tell by the levity of his voice that he knows what the situation is. So he goes, hello, this is Greg. I was like, hey Greg, it's Alex. And he goes, hey Alex. What's going on, buddy? Very light, very Barney, very, like, if I say something upsetting. And at the age of 22, 23, I fell for that. And so I hemmed, and I hawed, and I sort of roped. It was like, an analogy I've given in the past to this kind of situation is, like, you swallow a whole roll of dental floss, and then you cough up an end of it, and then you start, like, roping it out of your throat. Like, that's how the sentences were coming to me. These long, knotted, wet uncertain drawn out unpunctuated things and because the sentences were coming out that way it just sounded like bullshit like i had come up with some excuse to not be there but no it was like yeah sunday is mother's day i have a mother so i'm gonna go do mother's day shit with her i'm gonna spend the day with her and greg immediately he lowers his voice as if i'm his doctor and i just said we're gonna remove something and he goes so you're not gonna be here on sunday And with like a dot 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 and I was like, no, sorry, I'm not gonna be able to make it and he thinks for a minute and he goes So, what do you expect us to do? And I was absolutely floored and Paralyzed and guilt-ridden by that like if a manager of a major restaurant said that to me as his host like and remember I wasn't a server there. I wasn't a bartender I was a host and because the busters never did their job I also had to clean tables a lot if now at the age of 32 I was like a host and a frequent busser and i was making nine dollars and forty cents an hour which is what i was making at the time and then my manager had the temerity the steroidally, galactically enlarged testicles to fucking say to me like oh you're calling out from your 10-hour Mother's Day shift. What do you expect this restaurant to do? I'd be like, I don't fucking know, but if I'm that important, if the restaurant's performance on the, like, the most profitable day of the year hinges on my presence, you fucking better pay me a lot more money. Cause by the way, if you didn't know that, yeah, the fucking spaghetti gulag's biggest day of the year is uh, mother's day and like a close second is valentine's day don't go on either of those days because the line is horrible and all of the employees are ripped on coke but he really made me feel bad and i was like i don't know i don't know greg i don't know what you're gonna do without me even though when i was working there like during a shift no one ever took a moment to suggest that like i was contributing anything of value anyways he ended up telling me like you know i'm gonna have to write you up for this and i was like oh no okay i Yes, you have to do that. I remember when I did finally quit from the fucking spaghetti gulag. I called the store and like they put me again on the phone with Greg. And I was like, hey Greg, hey, I'm not gonna be on my shift in a couple days. Also, I wanted to tell you like, I, I just want to give my two weeks notice. And he was like, hmm, two, really? Is that the case? And I was like, yeah. I was sitting in my car outside of a bar, outside of a bar called Corbett's in Pinecrest. Cause I was like, as soon as I quit, I know they're gonna make talk to Greg. And as soon as I get off the phone, I'm gonna need a drink. And he was like, you want to quit? Okay, all right, well, you know what? Forget about the two weeks. Just don't come back. And then he hung up on me. And I felt horrible. I felt like I was going to get in trouble, even though I was now effectively not under their authority. But every restaurant that I've worked at has really laid on the guilt, as I said earlier, whenever I've called out. And part of me thinks that they laid on the guilt be- if they if they can tell that you're the kind of person who is susceptible to that kind of thing. If they can tell that you're like an empath. If they see that you're the kind of person that if they just sort of twist your nipples a little bit, about how badly you're inconveniencing your colleagues that you'll just crack and you'll end up coming in and they don't give a salted slow roasted fuck if you have covid if you have pneumonia if you're shitting out of your ears they are paying you four or five or six dollars an hour out of pocket doesn't cost them anything to have you there but there might have been something more to it because i noticed when i was working like most recently i was working at yard house and I was a food runner and occasional busser. And the servers at Yard House are mostly in their late 20s to their early 40s. And when you would speak to them, they would talk about very much still being in the lifestyle of leaving work at 11.30 p.m. or midnight and then going to a bar and then going to a strip club. They would earn between 200 and $400 a night, and then they would usually go out and blow, like, half of it, which sounds very reckless unless you're in that line of work, unless you know what it's like to go around, like, forcibly performing jollity all day for a bunch of people who are for the most part getting on your nerves once you're allowed to take that mask off you kind of go a little nuts for all that they lived as though this job was just something that they showed up to and they performed in an absent-minded way so that they could collect their cash and go out and have a good time and on the weekend buy something very nice or go to a concert whatever if you got any of these servers alone during a quiet moment in the restaurant you wouldn't have to ask them more than a handful of questions before they started to talk about their job as though it were something in which they took very real pride. They would talk about their abilities as a server, how they they never get, you know, a complaint to management, how people have in fact very often called the restaurant to talk about what a wonderful experience they had being waited on by jeff or sally or whomever and they would say things like yo i've been in i've been in service for like fucking 12 years bro i can i give great service man everywhere i've ever been like i've been like the top fucking you're not going to get the service from them that you get from me and it was always cool to see that you know your colleagues take pride in what they do like deep down they might not show it on the surface but deep down it has become an integral part of their identity And then if you friended them on social media, you would see that over the weekend, their feed was an endless torrent of drinks. Uh, They're at a hookah bar, they're at a theme park, they're going to a concert or a festival. And you could see at the end of a shift, there was something, understandably, very empowering about the fact that they had literal fistfuls of cash. And when I would think about the kind of image that they projected on Instagram... It was very much at odds with the sort of servile persona that they would put on during the job. It was a weird disconnect. I didn't know if it was entirely in my head, but the way I ended up finally explaining it to myself is that when you spoke to them about their performance on the job, they demonstrated extreme pride about their ability to seem humble. And if it is indeed the case that they saw their humility on the job as entirely a performance, and they were proud of their performance and of... Their ability to make people feel good and feel welcome and have a good time with that performance, that's one thing. But what seemed a little more sinister and maybe kind of sad is that there were some people on the staff who I think did not recognize that disconnect. That when they said in a very proud, competitive way that they were the most humble person in this building, I think they believed it and didn't really see the irony, which is understandable. Obviously, you're not going to be your normal self when you're in a servile position, when you have to make sure that other people are comfortable, when you have to ask them what they want and bring them what they want and act as though you are just a vessel without preference because if the customer starts to think that you're a human being then they might start to think that it's an imposition to ask of you to that that you run and get them this and then this thing and then that thing and if they start inhibiting themselves from voicing those preferences those desires it means they're not going to spend as much money so if you've ever worked in hospitality pay attention to what the training sessions are like and you'll find that they very much encourage types of behavior that obscure the fact that you are a human being with moods and preferences. I'm kind of going all over the place. I think the point is, I think the reason I ended up here is because I, like, I work at a great store now. All my management is incredibly friendly, incredibly accommodating, and still, I have this weird attitude that like I cannot call out if I'm not feeling well because I am somehow integral to the function of that store. And yet, even though my years in hospitality and retail have convinced me in a pernicious way that I am somehow integral, they have somehow simultaneously convinced me that I am totally dispensable and expendable. They tell you on the one hand, we cannot function without you, and at the same time, what is implied as they're giving you that lecture is, we will fire you at the drop of a hat. And year after year after year, I have worked in places like this. Places where part of the focus of their training is to make sure that you don't come off as too much of a person that I think it has gotten into just sort of my internal water supply. Not that I inherently every day think of myself as less than a person, what I think rather is that like my experience in the workforce has really drilled into like the center of my sense of self, my sense of the world, that there is nothing more important about me than my usefulness for a larger enterprise and maybe that's true maybe that's a wholesome idea i think it's also kind of like the christian idea the jewish just a religious idea is just that you belong to a community and everyone is here to help lift each other up but that's like the bullshit narrative they feed you at a job because you're not there to help lift everyone else's boat you're there to lift the manager's boat and the manager's there to lift the company's boat and yeah i don't think there's any resolution here i'm just saying like this is something i need to keep an eye on and i have wondered sincerely like because restaurant after restaurant they have consistently demonstrated that they really don't give a shit if you're sick it really doesn't matter yes the customers will get sick you the diner the person who's frequenting a restaurant please keep that in mind everyone who is sick is told to come in i got covid A few weeks ago in the beginning of august and it got really severe i think it is the new variant but like i kind of thought i was gonna die didn't mention anything like that to marie but i really thought that and then i ended up giving it to marie inevitably because we occupy a 400 square foot apartment but i was feeling really bad the first day that like i was starting to get symptoms but it was mostly internal it was just fatigue i wasn't coughing that much but i was just definitely feeling like shit. but i went to work and when i got to work i told a manager as i was punching in like hey i really don't feel good i don't know if it's a cold coming in or what but i'm like really fatigued and I don't and know. as i was saying it i was being very dismissive with my tone i have to take accountability for that i was being very dismissive with my tone because i was like how can you demonstrate like you're fatigued to somebody it's not believable there's no evidence and i basically told him like i'm not feeling great so if it's slow and like you're you're looking to cut anyone can is it cool if i get to the top of that list and my manager was like yeah sure and he they don't really cut anyone at this grocery store because it's always really busy but he was like yeah if it gets slow you know just uh come up and remind me if i haven't gone up to you and we'll see what we can do he was being totally accommodating then that fatigue it just got worse and worse and worse and i was Amply fucking caffeinated, but I was my posture was drooping. I started going to the bathroom just to lean on the wall. And then finally, at like 7 30, my shift is 2 to 10, at like 7 30, I went to a manager and I was like, Hey, I really don't feel good. Is it cool if I go home? And then they were like, I don't know. Why don't you go talk to that other manager? So I went and I talked to the other manager and he was like, Yeah, sure, go home. So I went home and then the next day I woke up and I sounded like the devil and I was so thrilled. That I sounded like the devil. I was upset that I felt like shit, but I was just so elated that there was an outward sign that I was sick. So the first thing I did was I grabbed my phone. It was like 8am and i called the store and before i could like shake the phlegm or the rasp out of my mouth i was like i really really sick i can't come and it sounded legit and the managers were understanding so they let me stay home and then 2 days later it was getting worse and worse and i took a covid test and it came out positive called my workplace and i explained the situation they were very accommodating but then when i went back to work my general manager like took me aside and he was like hey so the the first day that you called out sick i saw you And I was like, no, you didn't. He goes, yeah, I did. You were like just down the street. You were walking through a construction site. And I was like, no, no, I wasn't. And he was like, okay. And then he just nodded and he stared at me and he jutted his jaw like he was biting something back. And I was like, I feel like you don't believe me. And he goes, no, it's not that I don't believe you. I just must've been mistaken. And I was like, respectfully, I think you might've been. If you did see me outside, it's conceivable that I was walking my dog, but I was sick as shit. And he was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that you weren't sick. I'm just saying, I was just curious as to why you were out and about and like, you weren't wearing a mask and you kind of looked fine. So I don't know. No, it was no big deal. I was just wondering. And then he walked away. And then I was like, this dude does not believe I had COVID. So I went to the manager I'd originally spoken to when I got COVID. And I was like, you told me I didn't need to bring in any kind of proof from a clinic or anything that I had tested positive. And he was like, you don't, it's fine. You Just take your word for it. And I was like, well, I just spoke to the GM and he seems to really not believe that I had COVID. But then I started to panic. And I was like, even if I'm not gonna get in trouble for this going forward, this dude's never gonna trust me when I call out and say that I'm sick. And so I start panicking, trying to think like, how can I find some evidence that I was really, really sick? And then I remembered, <laughs> I, I actually, <laughs> I actually did walk through a construction site the other day. I tested positive for COVID. It's because I tested positive for COVID. I got a mask. I put it in my back pocket, but I had to ship some things for eBay. And I had like two or three days to mail those packages. I had a feeling the COVID was going to get worse. So I walked... Three or four blocks and in the process, I walked through a construction site in order to get to the post office as quickly as possible I ended up being able to show him like I had on my eBay app confirmation ticket showing that on that day And at that time that he claims to have seen me, which was, it was like 1 p.m. because he was walking to lunch with a colleague. I had, uh, like, a ticket from USPS saying that a a package had been received from me and it was being shipped out to this other person. Anyways, I'm haunted by guilt. I don't know if that's just my natural disposition or if it's got, if it really does have something to do with working and these kinds of... Establishments. Anyways, this is a deviation from normal programming. It was just heavy on my mind And so I thought I should explore it with you. Thanks for listening Chiming in from the future
0: here. It's Thursday afternoon a couple days after I called out from work And guess what? Joke's on me because now I'm sick as shit, but like legitimately sick. I don't just feel bad. I'm sick and I can't call out cause I called out on Monday. And if I call in and I'm like, Hey, I don't feel good. Can I stay home? They're going to be like, Alex, why are you trying to lose your job? So now, not only do I have to go to work, it's fucking pouring rain and I walk to work. It's like four blocks away. So I got to walk four blocks in the pouring rain and I got to stop at the post office before I get there. And I've got like 45 minutes before my shift starts. Dude, I swear, I knew this was going to happen or at least I was very concerned that this would happen. On Monday morning when I was feeling like shit, I was thinking like, do I want to call out? What about in the off chance something seriously debilitating pops up in the latter part of my week and I want to call out of work eh, I'm going to feel like I won't be able to because I already did it on Monday. Well, Ha <laughs> ha Turns out I'm a fucking prophet. I feel like this is the work of God. This is God talking to me. I'm gonna fucking, bro, if I have to go through this whole shift, feeling like shit, I'm gonna go to a church about this and I'm not going there to pray. I'm gonna walk right in and ministers, I'm gonna go to a minister. And if he's like, can I help you? I'm gonna be like, yeah, let me speak to your fucking manager. Bro, this is, this is gonna be such a fucking horrible shit. I'm gonna go up to where the managers are and I'm gonna be like, hey, I feel like shit in a different way than I did on Monday. And if you could cut me, like as soon as you don't need me, I would be really delighted. (laughs) Dude, I feel so bad. I was like trying to record a whole episode earlier and it just wasn't happening. But my voice was so raspy and sounded so demonic. It reminded me of this one time when I was in elementary school and um, I went to the main office to call my mom to pick me up because I wasn't feeling good. And they sat me down in the main office like I was waiting for my mom and there was this little girl there I think I was in like third grade and this girl asked if I wasn't feeling good and I noticed her voice sounded crazy raspy scrapey something like like I'd never heard before and I was like whoa what happened to your voice are you sick and she goes no I scratched like she scraped open I don't know if it was her larynx or what and I was like how did that happen and she goes oh my mom's boyfriend Uh, made muffins, little muffins, and he put an engagement ring in one. And I told him, look, you know, I could swallow it like a pill. And then I swallowed the muffin and the engagement ring slit my throat from the inside. And uh, I don't know, know, in retrospect, I don't even know if this is true, but she told me that like when she went to the emergency room, they did an x-ray and they're you know assessing the damage, and the ring was in her stomach, and she goes it's her mother and her stepfather and herself, and the doctor's looking at the x-ray and he goes, "Well, on the bright side, it was a very small diamond, <laughs> anyways, I am half dressed, and um I'm staring at this wall of rain I have to walk into. Fuck me, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time."
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thousand Movie Project Podcast. As I recently mentioned, I just finished a big creative project, and one of the things I'm jumping into to keep myself occupied, try new things, stay challenged, is I've been doodling shit. I've been doodling quite a lot and, like, writing notes to people. So if you're not totally freaked out by the idea of sharing your mailing address and you want to get a little something in the mail from... I was going to say the podcast from me is really where you're going to be getting mail from. You can go ahead and send your mailing address to thousandmovieproject at gmail.com. That's thousandmovieproject spelled out. It's the words, no numbers. And in the event that life things haven't swept me up and sort of consumed me, in the time between when I'm posting this and when you send it, you should expect something in the mail in the ensuing couple weeks. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.